Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. My name is Luke Cannon, and today we are covering the Season 1 TOS episode, Errand of Mercy, the episode that introduces the Klingons and sets up one of the longest plot lines and story arcs of the entire franchise, and especially for the TOS era of Trek. This is the episode where the Enterprise is sent to the planet of Organia, a strategically important place between the Federation and the Klingon Empire, to try to establish an alliance with the peaceful and supposedly primitive Organians, who are passive to an almost frustrating degree. And the episode is Kirk and Spock dealing with the alleged leader of the Organians, as well as Kor, the lead Klingon warrior played by John Kulikos, who is trying to conquer the Organians in anticipation of a fleet of Klingon ships intercepting an oncoming Federation fleet and the start of a war between the Federation and the Klingons. The episode builds with various skirmishes and escapes, which culminates when, just as Kirk and Spock are about to phaser Kor and his men, the phasers, the consoles on the Enterprise, any weapons, and even their fists are too hot to handle. This then leads to the big twist of the episode, in that the Organians are a race of powerful beings of pure energy who have temporarily taken human form and have had enough of this. What have you done? As I stand here, I also stand upon the home planet of the Klingon Empire and the home planet of your Federation, Captain. I'm going to put a stop to this insane war. You're what? You're talking nonsense. It is being done. You can't just stop the fleet. What gives you the right? You can't interfere. What happens in space is not your business. Unless both sides agree to an immediate cessation of hostilities, all your armed forces, wherever they may be, will be immediately immobilized. We have legitimate grievances against the Klingons. They've invaded our territory, killed our citizens. They're openly aggressive. They've boasted that they'll take over half the galaxy. And why not? We're the stronger. You've tried to hem us in, cut off vital supplies, strangle our trade. You've been asking for a war. You're the ones who issued the ultimatum to withdraw from the disputed area. They're not disputed. They're clearly ours. And now you step in with some kind of trick? It is no trick, Commander. We have simply put an end to your war. All your military forces, wherever they are, are now completely paralyzed. We find interference in other people's affairs most disgusting. But you gentlemen have given us no choice. You should be the first to be an side. Two hundred hostages killed. No one has been killed, Captain. No one has died here in uncounted thousands of years. You're liars. You're meddling in things that are none of your business. Even if you have some power that we don't understand, you have no right to dictate to our Federation or our Empire how to handle their interstellar relations. We have the right to wage war, Captain. 
to kill millions of innocent people, to destroy life on a planetary scale? Is that what you're defending? Well, no one wants war. But there are proper channels. People have a right to handle their own affairs. Eventually, we will. Oh, eventually you will have peace. But only after millions of people have died. It is true that in the future, you and the Klingons will become fast friends. You will work together. Never. Your emotions are most discordant. We do not wish to seem inhospitable, but gentlemen, you must leave. While the episode isn't one that I come back to a lot, this is one of my favorite episodes of the original series in that it shows off the -the rough-around-the-edges quality of the franchise in its early years. Before the TNG era where Roddenberry had the Roddenberry box of the characters not having interpersonal conflict with each other and were the flawless, morally steadfast ideals of what humanity would be in the future, the TOS characters were flawed individuals, and the series was not afraid to call out the characters on their flaws. In this case, the Ugrainians calling Kirk out on his and the Federation's right to be just as warlike as their supposed enemies. It's a powerful moment to show the legendary Captain Kirk, a character modeled after JFK and Horatio Hornblower, realize what he's advocating for and that maybe he and the Federation aren't as enlightened as he thinks they are, which makes the anti-war sentiment of the episode all the more pronounced and powerful. It's interesting going forward from here how much of what is set up in this episode carries forward, not only with the character of Kor, who we would see later on in Deep Space Nine as an aged Klingon, and the fact that on DS9 he's in the normal Klingon makeup, fucks with the whole, why do the Klingons in the original series look nothing like they do in the rest of Star Trek complaint even further, but also the lead organing saying that in the future, the Klingons and the humans will become fast friends. There probably weren't plans on making them allies this early on, but it was very forward-thinking of them to hint at an eventual peace between the two and the dividends that would pay off years later in future iterations of the franchise, one of which we'll be discussing in a big bad way in a future episode. And this episode comes back around in regards to the setup for Star Trek Discovery. With the first season taking place 10 years before TOS, the depiction of the first war between the Federation and the Klingons informs Kirk's hostility towards the Klingons since at the time he would have been a cadet on the front lines. Thus, Errand of Mercy goes from being just another first season episode of TOS to one of the most important episodes in Trek's history, and one that the Enterprise episode Observer Effect completely disregards by having a couple of Organians interfering with the crew of the first Enterprise. While the fourth season of Enterprise was far better in that it actually became the prequel series that we were promised, that was one episode that missed the mark. As for trivia in regards to this episode, story editor and writer DC Fontana thought that the reason the Klingons became the main adversaries of the original series was that the makeup done for them, which was described in the script as oriental and hard-faced, which, ugh, was a lot easier to do than the more complex makeup for the Rhymelins, who she thought were a much more interesting race. The title of the episode is another literary reference, this time from Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens. It is an errand of mercy that brings me here. Pray, let me discharge it. 
And this is one of only three episodes after The Cage and Where No Man Has Gone Before, where McCoy doesn't appear in the episode at all. And John Colicos was supposed to return later on in the series in both The Trouble with Tribbles and Day of the Dove, but he was unable both times, thus leading to the aforementioned William Campbell as Koloth in the former, and then Michael and Sara as Kang in the latter, which would then pay off in the DS9 episode Blood Oath. Also, the Baldrick that Kor wore was reused for Worf during TNG's first season, when it was exhibited at the Smithsonian Institute as part of a Star Trek retrospective in the 90s, the material could clearly be seen to be burlap sacking painted gold, and the same exhibit showed that the buckles of the Klingon belts were pieces of bubble pack with the bubbles painted silver to resemble metal studs. Tomorrow, we are covering an all-time classic episode of TOS that has one of my favorite character moments in the franchise, one that I list whenever I talk about why I love Star Trek. Also, going forward with these episodes, if any of you listeners out there would like to chime in and give your two cents on future episodes I'm planning on covering, you can contact me via Facebook and Instagram at LukeCannon, and my email address is ReginaRody at Yahoo.com. As you can tell, I'm already looking for ways to hit the minimum 10-minute mark for each of these episodes, and I generally would like to hear back from listeners on any of the episodes or films that I'm planning on covering. Until then, live long and prosper. And also, live well.